I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Wednesday, September 21st, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Okay, so Jay, for our fact of the day today, Peloton has released a new product. It's a $3,200 rowing machine, which will be released in December, just in time for the holiday season. Now, the company has a big gap to fill if they want to make up all the money that they lost over the past year. So they're going to have to sell a lot of these. What are your initial thoughts on on rowing as an exercise? Are you a fan? Uh, I'm a fan, sure. But like, I've been to enough gyms to know like the rowing machines are rarely ever used. So to charge 3,200 bucks for one, seems like a lot for a pretty small market and a market that's certainly smaller than bikes. What are your thoughts? I I think the tough thing is that rowing is a very difficult exercise. It's a full body exercise. It's heavy on cardio. It's not like biking. Biking is actually far more accessible. So I'm pretty, I'm not particularly optimistic about this one. And it's been a tough year for Peloton. So obviously I wish them the best, but yeah, it's, uh, I don't think I'm going to, it's not, it's not doing it for me. Also, by the way, it takes a ton of space up. And if you're living in, you know, a 500 square foot condo in downtown Toronto, like I do, where are you going to put the rowing machine? It's a big problem. Right. And how many would they have to sell to make up for the oh, bikes? They're not tons. Done. Like, yeah. More, more rowing machines than have ever been sold before by anyone. Totally. Brett, aside from not buying rowing machines for Christmas, although maybe I will buy one for you, what do we have for Peak Pals today? You know what's free, Jay? The three stories that we have for the Peak Pals today. For our first story, consumer prices are down. For our second story, audiobooks are coming to Spotify. And for our last story, Russian territories in East Ukraine are looking to secede. For our first story, Canadian consumer prices fell 0.3% last month, the biggest monthly drop in two years. Brett, that seems like good news. Want to unpack it for our Peak Pals? So the drop pulled inflation down to 7% from 7.6% year over year. And that's a collective sigh of relief from all of us. And more than a full percentage point below the 8.1% rate seen back in June. Gasoline prices fell 9.6% in August and are on pace to drop another 8% in September, which has played a big role in dragging down the inflation rate too. The consumer price index excluding food and energy slowed to 5.3% year over year, and the index excluding gasoline dropped 0.3 of a percentage point to 6.3% year over year as well. BMO's Benjamin Wrightsey said, this is about as good of an inflation report as we can hope for, especially after the strong U.S. figures last week. But before you whip out your inflation's over party hat, central bankers are far from out of the woods, with inflation still nowhere near the central bank's target 2% rate. Do you think really people have inflation is over hats? That'd be pretty cool. Maybe we'll start selling that as merch on the Peak Daily. <laughs> right next to the TMAC shirts. Well, anyway, mortgage interest rates surged 2.4% from the month before, the biggest increase since 1981, and higher interest rates guarantee that number will climb. Food prices also rose to 10.8% year over year, also the highest jump we've seen since 1981, which we are now being reminded was a very, very bad year. Jay, you probably remember that. How dare you? Of course I do. If we zoom out, you want to zoom out? Looking at broader categories, BMO's Benjamin Wrights has wrote that the prices for goods fell 0.8% from July and services slowed for the first time in about 18 months. The bottom line is inflation remains too damn high, Jay. That's That's the peak daily's official position. But these numbers are encouraging. And for now, we'll give markets the leeway to price in a slightly less aggressive hike in October. For our second story, Spotify launched its long-awaited audiobooks feature in the U.S. and will eventually roll it out in all of its markets as it strives to become the one-stop shop for everything audio. Now, Jay, I love audiobooks, so this is exciting to me, but why should the broader Peak Pal audience care? 
Well, I hope they do because audiobooks account for 7% of the global book market and are growing rapidly. But Amazon's Audible dominates the space to the tune of about 40% of global sales. Now, a major competitor with a built-in base of 188 million subscribers, well, that could challenge that dominance and change the broader business model for audiobooks. And here's what's going on. Spotify is now home to over 300,000 different titles, including some of the world's biggest publishers, including Penguin Random House and Hatchet. Now, audiobooks will be sold on a book-by-book basis, like other platforms, but Spotify's head of audiobooks said that the company plans to introduce new audiobook business models. It's a pretty cool title, Brett, the head of audiobooks at Spotify, but this could mean introducing ads within books and creating a freemium ad-supported listener tier, which would massively disrupt current business practices. Now, as is, Spotify is already a disruptive force by offering music, podcasts, and now audiobooks all in one place. By not forcing users to download another app, Spotify believes they'll create a new audiobook listeners who might not have otherwise sought it out. Spotify also presents an exciting opportunity for cross-product synergy like authors appearing on Spotify podcasts or exclusive bonus features like author-curated playlists. We would love to have authors on podcasts, right, wouldn't we? To zoom out. The copycat game isn't just for social media, like how when Spotify made its podcast push, Audible followed suit. Spotify wants a piece of the audiobook pie because it's not enough for big tech companies now just to do one or even two things really well. But audio is literally Spotify's only thing. While it's merely a drop in the bucket for Amazon, so it's uncertain how much it will fight to keep its market dominance. And for our last story, Russian-installed leaders in the occupied eastern Ukrainian provinces of Luhansk, Donetsk, Kherson, and Zaporizhzhia have announced planned referendums on joining Russia. Here's what's happening. The provinces accounting for 15% of Ukraine's land will vote between September 23rd to 27th in what is widely seen as a coordinated annexation effort by the Kremlin. In 2014, Russia staged a similar referendum in Crimea, which Western nations have unilaterally recognized as illegal and fraudulent before declaring it part of Russia. Now, it matters because though these referendums will almost universally be recognized as phony as well, Russia will obviously accept them and will officially claim these lands as its territory. This would give it the right, from the Kremlin's point of view, to defend these lands by any means necessary, potentially including mobilizing its military reserves and using nuclear weapons. Now, Russian politics expert Tatiana Statnovia wrote, everything that's happening today is an absolutely unequivocal ultimatum to Ukraine and the West. Either Ukraine retreats or there will be nuclear war. Oh, that's not a great quote. In a less dramatic but still concerning comment, Axios' David Lawler said annexation could preclude any potential peace agreement Ukraine may find acceptable. Now, currently, Western allies have supplied weapons to Ukraine on the grounds they are not fired against Russian territory, though this does not apply to territories they view as unlawfully annexed, like Crimea. Russia's nuclear threat could be cause for pause. But Ukraine believes this is simply a desperate move for Russia as it struggles to hold its ground against successfully moving Ukrainian counteroffensives. Russia's stronghold of occupied regions is under threat after Ukrainian forces drove them from Kharkiv province this month and regained a key foothold in Luhansk. Here's the bottom line, Brett. With the referendums essentially guaranteed to pass, Ukrainian officials have said that Ukraine will never recognize this, setting the stage for yet another chapter in this war. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in the country. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Brett, have a great Wednesday. You too, Jay.